Hey guys, before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let y'all know that my entire family has switched our cell phone service over to Patriot, and it has been such a great move for us. Patriot Mobile is America's only conservative cell phone company. They're all about freedom, the Constitution, giving you the power to support conservative organizations. It's right up our alley. It's like having a superpower for your beliefs. Patriot Mobile uses the same reliable networks as the big carriers, so you'll get great service wherever you go. We did not see a change in our service, and actually it's gotten better. Their customer service is incredible. You call and you immediately get someone on the phone to help you with something. They've got plans to fit every budget from unlimited talk and text to data-packed options for all your streaming needs. And when you make this switch to Patriot Mobile, they will buy out your current contract up to $500 a line. So fellow freedom-loving friends, it is time to make the change. Head over to PatriotMobile.com today. Use the code Blake for 10% off your bill. That's PatriotMobile.com, code Blake. Thanks for listening. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Krabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident Krabby Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Dr. Courtney, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I love you. I love you. We're wearing the same sweatshirt. <laughs> we really are. We are like living our best through <laughs> life because, I mean, these airy sweatshirts, they're just, they're the vibe. Oh yeah, the most comfortable. And I am always like comfort and function. Above everything. I love when aesthetics can blend with that, but I will always choose like my style. Let me explain it. How can I leave my house wearing pajamas without it like really looking like I'm wearing pajamas? Amen. I am deeply in my Princess Diana era of bike shorts and oversized sweatshirts. Because <laughs> it's like, if Princess Diana could pull it off, I'm fine. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. together enough. But you really, you exemplify that, I would say, because we got to hang out. Was that in June or July? Yeah, one uh, something in the summer. Yeah, in the summer we went we went to a turning point event, not together, but we ended up hanging out the whole time. And the whole time I was like, she looks so comfy and yet so cute. Thank you. Which it was such was that experience such a phenomenon to you because there were like the girls like us, and then there were the ones. This is no shade in full blown business attire i'm like did glam travel with you because i can't make my hair and makeup look like that on my best day and then there was like us and we were just like it takes all kinds of kinds my dude like i know i was really like i felt not stressed but i was like it's a little out of my element like i know i'm used to being the most underdressed person in the room and feel like a lot of peace about that because i'm also like the most comfortable exactly 
but I was a little like, well, I am speaking. So like, I guess I do need to like dress up. They were just really specific on their expectations of just like business apparel and like all of this. So I was like, okay, how can I mesh like my style with like a blazer? Yeah. (laughs) I do still look back at those pictures though of speaking. And I was like, I don't feel like I look like myself. I don't feel like I meshed it as well as I wanted to. I wish I was like you in a t-shirt. I may or may not have worn sweatpants and a t-shirt the last day out of I was like I'm here what are you gonna do kick me out <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> well I started my period unexpectedly had to go buy tampons from the Garnu table like that's right and so by the last day I was like mm, I'm not putting on pants a button I'm sorry so yeah but you know like there's something about being true to yourself even in a situation where you've been asked not to Yeah. Like I really, I really was even like shopping for clothes with the intention to try to like merge my like comfort with like some business professional. I feel like you did that. I really do. I mean, I still wore like jeans with holes and I'm like, I really tried to still, but I look back and I'm like, "Mm, I just, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, that's how you learn now moving forward. You're like, no, I can I am also typically the most underdressed person in the room. But again, I'm the most comfortable. And the thing is, if I'm uncomfortable, I'm kind of bitchy. Like if I'm in hard pants for too long, I start to get mean. They're pushing on my organs. This is not how I'm supposed to live. Well, really, the root of it is like you're not oxygenated, right? (laughs) So you're like you're trying to just survive. Yeah. Oh, I cannot tell you how many times we get home from something and my pants are off before I hit my room. And I'm like, just everything off, jewelry included. I've got to put my hair up and I'm in a bun on top of my head. And then I'm like, okay, I'm okay. (laughs) I'm all right. (laughs) I resonate with that so deeply. It's on brand for you because your whole thing is about getting back in tune with your body and like who you actually are. And it's difficult to do that when you're uncomfortable in your clothes. A hundred percent. And if you think about like what style really is like driven around, it's like you go to like a dinner for an hour or so and you're you're wearing like that outfit for an hour. But if I evaluate my life, I'm like, I'm adjusting like 100 to 150 people in a day. And I'm walking four to eight miles around this little table. And I'm going through multiple meals and snacks. So it's like, my pants have got to stretch a little bit, because how they fit me in the morning is a little different than how they fit me at the end of the day. And I've also got to be able to squat up and down, because I'm like talking to little kids. So that's how I dress is like the function of like a full wearing jeans for a full day. Those jeans have got to be comfortable. They gotta be like butter if I'm gonna wear them all day. Those are some magical unicorn jeans. Yeah. I have not yet found personally. (laughs) The key is really just to order like a size up. I was just about to say I went to Old Navy and got some jeans actually. And I bought myself a 14 and a 12 because my body also changes. Same. When I I put on the 14 the other day and I had a big old gap in my back. I was like, all right, we're doing the 12s today. And then the next day, I got the 14s again. Or like if I'm, well, yeah, it's normal for your body to fluctuate in like size and shape like throughout the month, throughout the week and on a daily and even like hourly basis. That's like yeah. just a part of being human. But like I will wear like a size like 13 or 11 pants that are like a little too snug, but I can do that for like an hour or right. like a little outing. 
But then like at the work at work, I'm wearing a size 15 or 17, or I even have a one X and one yeah. style. Cause I'm like, I just have to be so comfortable. Yeah. So we're talking about what you do just in case not everyone is obsessed with you. Like I am, <laughs> you, you are the owner in the well house. Yeah. Our well house. And it is nervous system centered chiropractic care. Yep. I have to tell you, so I grew up going to a chiropractor, but like the TikTok chiropractors, they're like, grah, grah, you know, and the first time I went to someone that doesn't work that way, I walked out and was like, what, what, did, what did I just do? Because it's not like the crack and the crunch. But then I kept going back and I, I got better. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> crazy. That is the most common piece of feedback that I get is people that are used to a lot of twisting, popping, and cracking. After their first adjustment, they're like, I don't feel like you did anything. Yeah. And I'm like, give it like 24 hours. <laughs> like your nervous system restores and repairs while you're sleeping at night. So like, let's see kind of how you do overnight and then check back in in the morning. And I usually give people like a three-day window of kind of like, let's assess what your nervous system's doing during this time. Let's look at your sleep. Let's look at digestion, menstrual cycles, skin. Because we talk a lot about how you can't judge your health based off of what you feel because you can't feel heart disease and cancer. So we judge our health based off of how you function. And typically when you're diagnosed with something like that, it's because there's a failure of a function that happens. Right. So looking at those functions and assessing that is really the true marker of health. And so, yeah, it's like, we're really great at getting people out of pain, but we're also looking at the function of those things. And typically you'll see like after these repeated sessions of nervous system centered chiropractic care, not only is your pain gone, but so are these dysfunctions that you might not have even walked in talking about. Right. My dad has always talked about your health as like a pie. And that there's pieces and that when one starts to go sideways, that you need, like you have to look at the whole picture. Mm -hmm. And this is not a we're not talking about just chiropractors. This is a healthcare system in general issue of putting Band-Aids on problems and not maybe zooming out and looking at the whole thing. Have you always been super healthy? Did you grow up like in a crunchy home? Yes and no. Like. I'm the oldest of five kids and my mom had five kids in seven years with no like multiples. And so just like had yeah. lots of babies. I have a great secure attachment with both my mom and my dad. And my mom was raised on land in Oregon and like homestead, like had, they slaughtered their own chickens and turkeys and they had goats and they had an orchard and their own garden. And so like, yeah, my mom was definitely raised more of that way. Like they bought a goat from like a hippie down the road and their and the goat's <laughs> name was Happy. <laughs> so like definitely had more of that. My dad was raised in West Texas, like oil fields, and there wasn't a body of water within like an hour radius. So like there's no gardening, yeah, fried bologna sandwiches, canned food. So like both of those worlds collided in my household. My mom works for me at my office now is still very much like understands this whole world that yeah. through what I've learned, I've opened her up to and it really resonates. And I think that just is the same as my childhood. It's like she never forced us to have medication. It's like if we weren't feeling good, it was an option. So it wasn't like 
we didn't have pharmaceuticals in our house. Yeah. It's kind of like, hey, you can take this if you want like your headache to go away. And I would try it. And then I'm like, oh, I hate that way that made me feel. Mm-hmm. So the next time I had a headache, I'd be like, nah, I think I'm just going to ride this out. Yeah. Which I think allowed us to be a little more in tune with our bodies. So I did feel that from a young age. The fact that you even at a young age could take a medication and be like, I don't like the way that makes me feel. That's very in tuned. Yeah. And my mom used to say like, (laughs) lovingly would be like, you're a baby. But like, I now know that I was just very sensitive Mm -hmm. and I I was very in tune with things that like made me feel good or didn't make me feel good. And it's like how I describe how I see it play out now is like, I will get a sniffle and I'll be like, my immune system's working. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take some supplements. I'm going to rest. I'm going to treat myself right now as if I'm sick. Because my body is showing me that my immune system is, it could be, it's fighting something. Whereas I think of most Americans just push themselves until it's like, I can't breathe. I've got a fever. And then they're like, well, now I'll take a sick day. Right. So it's like, yeah, I'm really sensitive. I start those things very early. But I think that that's always just kind of been a belief that I've had about my body that I don't think was necessarily verbalized to me. But it was like, I just believed that my body was self-healing and self-regulating and that there was an innate intelligence that flowed within and controlled and coordinated all functions. And that expressed itself through like, I made my own skincare in the kitchen of my parents' house all the time. Like I did egg yolk hair masks and like, I would just see things in like books from the library and magazines. And I was like, we're doing this. So I made a lot of my own skincare. I refused to pop the zits on my face, which drove my mom crazy. But I was like, or my body made it like it'll, it'll get rid of it too. And my mom was like, just let me at it. Which now we know that is actually the best practice for when you have a pimple. Yeah. Like I had no knowledge. I was just like, it just makes sense to me that like my body created this big mountain. I think like if I don't touch it, it'll also just like go away. Yeah. Yeah. It expressed its self through a few of those ways. Like I came home, my dad used to work for Pepperidge Farm. So we had like an unlimited supply of goldfish, Milano cookies, like literally had a whole separate pantry filled with that and Campbell's soup and Godiva because they're all like within the same family. Yeah. And V8 Splash too. Yeah. So like all of it. And I would come home from school and I'd be like, I just want carrots and celery. And my mom was like, here's your snack tray of like Pepperidge Farm. You want Like, who are you? And I was like, I think I had learned at school that like carrots and celery were better for you. And I like took it home. Yeah. But you clearly you were raised in an environment where they I mean, I'm sure they probably picked at you here and there, but you were clearly like allowed to thrive in that and figure it out, which how cool is that as a mom that somebody set you up for that? And now like you get to do that for Rosie, too. One of our family's New Year's resolutions for 2024 is to actually sit down and eat dinner together around the table. And I knew that I needed a plan for the nights that we have extracurriculars. So I went for HelloFresh's quick and easy meals and their 15-minute meals. These are quick, convenient recipes delivered right to you. You just pick your meals and your delivery date. And HelloFresh handles the meal planning and the shopping so that all you have to do is cook. I love that I can get their more involved meals and cook like a whole dinner and teach the girls and be together when we're home. Or I can get their quick and easy ones and just pop it together and cook it so we can still eat at home on the nights the girls have gymnastics or cheer or something like that. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash confessions free. 
and use code CONFESSIONSFREE for free breakfast for life, which is crazy. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash CONFESSIONSFREE with the code CONFESSIONSFREE. Yeah, it's really cool. And how like how much that probably empowered you to be I mean, you are, in my very humble opinion, the most effective voice in this space. I learn most of what I know about like my own body. I've learned from Dr. Courtney. Thank (laughs) you. That really means so much to me. But your childhood set you up to trust yourself. And now you get to teach hundreds and thousands of people and treat them. Like, kudos to your parents, even if they didn't get it, even if they thought you were weird. Like, they clearly let you ride it out. I'm so thankful for that. Me too. Yeah. I do think that I was given a hard time by like all my siblings because that's just like a form of love that we have for each other, you know? But my brother ended up becoming a chiropractor too. He's just 16 months younger than me. So he like fell in my footsteps a little bit. And my three younger sisters all chose nursing. But are like the actual nurses that not that nurses aren't valuable, but like ones like cardiovascular ICU, like yeah, it is that type of medicine. It's not like the oh, our medical system is just not great with chronic conditions, and so it's like they're in a lot of acute situations. One of my sisters, she's looking at getting into more of like ozone and like yeah. some of the natural like nursing type of things. Like what a legacy for your parents. But it's like, so cool. all of their kids are act, like making a real impact in something that they care about. When you decided to become a chiropractor, you and I talked about chiropractic school a little bit when we got to hang out. Like you knew from the get that you wanted to do nervous system based. You And weren't you like one of the only ones? Yeah. So chiropractic school is interesting. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. And you could not pay me enough money to do it again. I would <laughs> be a stay-at-home mom or something, you know, like. But I'm so glad that I did it because this life that I get to live currently and the people that I get to serve. But what you do is basically like in undergraduate education, you usually don't take more than like full-time students, usually 12 credit hours. And then like they don't let you do more than 18 typically. I know that there, I would usually sit around like the 15 mark. There were some that I was like at 12 or whatever. Yeah. Chiropractic school, it's like you start at 21. You will get up to like 27 credit hours. So it is, I mean, full, full time. Like if you thought you were studying an undergrad, nope. I thought I was studying. I'd be like, I have one test this week and I had 21 exams within a three week window. I mean, it's med school. Yes. And like I had, because of my undergraduate degree, which is in health promotion, exercise science, which is kinesiology. I had a lot of the same foundations of like, my best friend who went to dental school, other friends who went to PT, OT, like a lot of my friends are medical and people are always like, why? And I'm like, because we were all in the same classes. We just right. chose different paths. So we would talk and like all of our classes are the same until like year two. And year two is when I know my best friend who went to dental school, hers started specializing oral, whereas mine started specializing neurological and spinal. Yeah. We have the same foundation for this same, like literally the same course load, same curriculum and classes, which I thought was fascinating because I think people think that chiropractors are not doctors. Right. Well, yeah, you went through the same rigorous schedule. If you actually look at curriculum side by side, we get more hours of anatomy and physiology and they get more hours of pharmacology. 
I would dare to say like, I'm a better doctor of your body, your physiology, and they are better doctors for like this pill will solve this symptom, which is what we see from a very stereotypical standpoint. Yeah. I'm like shocked. Yeah. But I mean, within chiropractic school, 80 students sit in the same classroom and the teachers rotate to us. And so of the 80, I remember them saying like, how many of you are not going to utilize physical therapy practices within your office? And there were five of us that raised our hands. And those were the five that were were like, we're the neurological, mm-hmm. we're nervous system, which is what chiropractic was founded with. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was like wanting to blend this PT and chiropractic, which can be really beneficial. I'm not saying that it's not great. That just makes more sense of what you're used to seeing musculoskeletal chiropractic. Right. That's what the insurance companies acknowledge us for. That's what the American Medical Association acknowledges us for. Right. So we got to talk a little bit about nervous system and like maybe just a little bit of a one-on-one because I am 34. I'll be 35 by the time this comes out. And I swear to you, just in the last three to four years, I've started to like that your that your brain runs your nervous system and that your nervous system runs so much else like you hear oh you got to regulate your nervous system for your mental health which yes that's great but it goes so insanely insanely beyond that and we're I want to talk later about the connection between like believing in an almighty god and looking at human design and how the two kind of go hand in hand. But if you sitting in front of three year ago, man, we're getting coffee and I was like, can you just, can you, I know that the nervous system is really complex and incredible, but can you just, can you tell me about my nervous system a little bit? Let's do it. I feel like one of my strengths is within the chiropractic world communication, but then I love to take really difficult topics and break them down into like easy, digestible, like normal conversation topics. Very well, which is why you're here. You're the nervous system, like health version of me. I do it for politics for people. You do it for our body. (laughs) Dream team. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, the nervous system is, first of all, it's the first thing that forms in the womb. So if you look at like embryology, which is the development of a little baby, there's a notochord. It develops into a neural tube. And you might hear the buzzword neural tube defects, which would be like lip and tongue ties. That is that a defect of that tube there, which is where we can see like spina bifida or, you know, some of those more intense things. But neural tube defects and that neural tube from that comes like the lungs and the heart and that develops into the brain and the spinal cord. So it's literally it starts from all these little cells that come together and form a line. And that line is that notochord neural tube, brain and spinal cord, and the brain and spinal cord are what's saying here are going to come more cells to start developing the heart and then you'll heal a heartbeat. And here are going to come more cells for the lungs and the limbs. So it's the first thing that forms in utero. And then for you, it's like your brain controls every cell, organ, and tissue within your body. So what happens, the physiology of it, the brain uses your spinal cord as like a highway. So I think of this as like downtown Dallas because I live in like the DFW area. So there's just like so many cars like driving around, so much traffic, a lot of opportunities for car accidents. But this is like one of the major highways that it goes from downtown. Like let's say it's like Dallas North Tollway. 
So it's like those messages, the brain does its job. It sends those messages. But when we encounter physical, chemical, or emotional stressors that are too much for our body to adapt, the body is super smart. So it'll just like close and exit off of that spinal cord. And then the message is still traveling because the brain's doing its job. But then it's like sitting in some traffic because it's like, well, one of our exits is closed. So we're going to have to take a detour. And again, your body is super smart. So it's like, well, we can't let her heart not beat. We're going to keep this girl alive. (laughs) We're going to take a detour. We're going to get the message there. We're going to take the next exit and kind of come back around. But in that process, you're having to use more gas and more miles to get that function done. Right. So that just means you then don't have that energy to rest, digest, restore, repair, or reproduce. Yeah. So your body's using a lot of energy to get some of these basic functions done to just keep you alive. And my job as a nervous system chiropractor is to find those roadblocks, to clear them out and to say, you don't have to use all those gas and miles anymore. Here's your expressway. And what I see as a side effect of having expressways of communication between the brain and the body is that pain and dysfunction disappears. Yeah. I'm not treating your headaches. I'm not treating your low back pain. I'm not treating your digestive issues. I am just clearing communication and your body takes care of the rest. And how do you do that? Because we're not doing the cracking and the and the crunching. Because you're working basically with cells? Yes, I'm working with stimulation and input. So like your nervous system is what tells you like whether or not this room is hot or cold. Right. It also tells you like where you're at in time and space. It's your proprioception, which that's built by falling a lot as a toddler. That's why toddlers fall. I just did an interview with Jenny Urich from Thousand yeah. Side. She's again, another just brilliant mind. And she talked a ton about falling and turning upside down how important that is to development and if your kid like because we were talking about thousand out outside and screens and being outside it's so crazy cool this stuff nerds me out so hard because it's god didn't get it wrong right he created your body to for your bones to be like a little bit bendy whereas when kids like have a fracture it's called a green stick fracture which is where you take like a very fresh twig off of a tree and twist it it's not just gonna snap like a dry one It's just going to kind of like, like you might have some splay things come out, you know, like our bodies are so cool and all glory goes to God. Like we will, I will never praise the creation over the creator. And that, I think that's where the breakdown is, which I know I'm jumping ahead of myself, but how do I have an impact on the nervous system? So basically like, if you look at what cracking and popping is, it's gas leaving the joint, right? It's nitrogen. And that's cool. Like when that happens, like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm a chiropractor. I was trained with all the same twisting, popping and cracking that all these other chiropractors were Mm -hmm. just that when that happens, it feels good because it releases dopamine. So like, even when you like crack your own back, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, that felt good. But usually for like five minutes, because that's the dopamine. And then you're like, you're kind of doing it again. So what I'm looking at is I'm looking at where those roadblocks are that are affecting how much energy your body's spending, getting the communication where it needs to go, which can also affect like if communication's even getting there. Right. And what I'm doing is I'm using a little tool called an integrator, which just gives a little impulse into the body. I can twist, pop, and crack. And sometimes I will if that's what the body like needs. Yeah. But really... All it needs is just input, which all that input is, is basically shining a flashlight saying, hey, 
okay, we need to start doing some construction here. Yeah. And then overnight, your body's like repairing and rebuilding. And here comes that optimal flow of communication. So it doesn't need like a massive movement to have restoration of a communication pathway. Right. Well, and that was what I was saying earlier about when I've gone to a nervous system chiropractor in the past and they, you know, they pull out that little thing and it's just like a little, and you're like, what? What was that? Come on. The first time. Well, and this wasn't the best situation because I know you're such a great communicator and educator. And this was more like, all right, did their thing. And then I rolled out. I remember walking out and going, what did I for? But then I felt better. So I kept going back. So those roadblocks, do they typically show up as like pain or those five kind of pillars that you mentioned? Yes and no. I would say the roadblocks, where the roadblocks are, are actually usually on the opposite side of where you feel pain. Okay. And so that's what's fascinating to see is like if I were to just take like what you're telling me and to adjust you based off of your symptoms, that would be symptom band-aid, symptom band-aid. You'd be coming back all the time because I'm not actually getting to the root of it. Right. So I know that tends to be more of like a medical model situation, but I do see that within chiropractic. And that's why people who are like, I've done musculoskeletal chiropractic my whole life. It's never helped. And then they come with the nervous system and they're like, oh, like that actually works. And the reason is because those nerves control those muscles and those bones. Right. So it's like, it makes sense that if like a bone moved out of place, you would need to like pop it back into place. But unless there was a significant trauma that happened, like you don't just wake up in the morning and like your bones have moved out of place. (laughs) So then it's like, okay, maybe a muscle got really tight and like pulled that bone over and we need to release that muscle, which is where some of the like PT muscle work comes in, which will then move that bone back into place. And that makes sense to me. Yeah. But again, I'm like, why is that muscle not functioning the way God created it to? It's literally one more step. It's one more step. Not even just within chiropractic, like in a lot of healthcare situations. If they were asking just one more question, we'd be infinitely closer to the root of the issue. Millions of Americans experience thinning hair, and among women, it's not openly talked about. So going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. You can join the thousands of women that are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve visible thickness and strength and get to the root of the issue. From postpartum to menopause, Nutrafol has four unique formulas to support women. Each is physician-formulated using drug-free, science-backed ingredients so you can get the most reliable results. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code Blake. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Blake. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code Blake. Yes, it's like just that extra little step of like, oh, like that muscle is supposed to carry a certain amount of tension within it so that you can like sit up right. But like it shouldn't be overly tense. Mm -hmm. And what told it to do that? Because muscles don't just, they don't have minds of their own. They don't just tense up on their own. It's the nerves that are communicating the function to that muscle and also to the bone. So by clearing the communication pathway, 
I can see a muscle release and a bone move back into place if that's what your body wants to do. But we can see even cooler changes on a cellular level. Right. Like what? Oh, I mean, like, okay, let's talk about digestion. Right. So I had a little girl who was on Miralax multiple times a day, every single day for two years. If you read a Miralax package insert, it says don't take it for more than two weeks. And one of the one of the main ingredients is propylene glycol, which is a like a petroleum byproduct. Right. And so on it for two years, actually addicted to it. At, Understandably. <laughs> yeah. But then still like not even having daily bowel movements after seven adjustments at our office was completely pooping on her own and off all of the Miralax. Because it was an extra step. It was not just, oh, she has a digestion issue. Let's put something on top of that. I wasn't even treating the digestion. I was just looking at her body as a whole and clearing up nervous system communication. And by her body having clear communication, it was like within seven adjustments, symptoms completely fine. And after I think it was like four months, her nervous system was functioning at a 95% capacity, which anything over 85 is usually like, we consider that wellness within our office. And yeah. we do we do have testing that we like check nervous system function with. Do you see mental health results as a result of people consistently having their nervous system cared for? I mean, that would be a natural connection. Yeah, that's one of the coolest ones that I see is typically... Now, there can be so many different causes for mental health. But if we're looking at like what I commonly see, which I would say like anxiety, mm -hmm. that's an over-functioning nervous system. Your body is hitting the gas pedal with every stressor that comes your way. And usually when I explain that to people, they're like, how did you know that about me? And I'm like, it's not <laughs> that I know that about you. It's I know that about science. <laughs> yeah. I just know the human body. And like, that's how it was created. It's like, you've got two options when you have a stressor. You can hit the gas pedal or you can hit the brake pedal. Mm -hmm. I want people to be in the middle and be able to decide. I want people to be able to hit the gas if they need to or hit the brake if they need to. But most people, and especially people that struggle with anxiety, hit the gas with every single stressor that come at them. Everything. Which usually means we see a higher heart rate, a higher respiratory rate, and a mind that is just like a hamster wheel and can't turn off. It's not you, you're not a problem. Like it's your nervous system. Your nervous system is overactive and overstimulated. But what's super cool is like through the chiropractic adjustment, it actually puts you on a brake pedal. Yeah. It like brings you into rest and digest, which is why babies will like poop during an adjustment. Even adults, heck, like I've had people, I've, ad I adjusted someone on Thursday and before she even left the office, she was like, I just had to poop. Because <laughs> it's all like, connected. Yeah. So if somebody's listening and they want to take care of their nervous system, do you tell people to start with brain health since it's kind of the hub? And then that doesn't that kind of like flow into everything? I mean, truthfully, I mean, you're asking a chiropractor like, you know, right, I think right. what I do is like the best thing ever. Obviously. <laughs> like, yeah. We if we can't all travel to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to travel to me. But like, I really would start with chiropractic. And the reason yeah. for that, like, listen, if there was, I promote a lot of different things for health. If there was anything that could clear the roadblocks between your brain and your body, I would put my name all over it because it would make my job a lot easier. It would not earn me less money. There would still be people that need our support. 
I like promote a lot of different health things. And so I don't know of anything that will do that on a neurological level. I think there's a lot of things that can help your body cope with the current amount of roadblocks that you have. Yeah. So it's like, you can do some great breathing exercises. You can do some cold plunges. You can do a lot of great things. And that just helps you be able to tolerate your current level of function as well as dysfunction. Yeah. But to really start repairing and giving your body the energy that it needs to focus on those things, I think chiropractic care really is the root. And that's why I got into this profession because everything else is typically what's considered an outside-in model. Yeah. Even supplements and food, outside-in. Chiropractic is the only thing that is healing from the inside out. We're not having to add anything to your body. Your body is already capable of restoring and repairing. It just needs to be able to like let go of some of the crap and like refocus so that it can do the job that God created it to do. Can we just Google like nervous system chiropractor in my area or? Yes and no. It's a little bit hard to find. Like I created a directory because I wanted to be able to send people to chiropractors that assess nervous system function near them. So I have nervousystemchiro.com and you can go there and just like search your area. We have over 200 chiropractors. I think in the United States, we're starting to get into Canada on that. And so I hope that that's a resource. But also what I would tell people before I created that is how chiropractors get on the directory is they have to apply and there's a certain set of questions. And I turn a lot of people away because there's a lot of people that are like musculoskeletal that want to be on the directory. So I do turn a good amount of people away because I want your nervous system checked, but like not all chiropractors know about me or know about my directory. So I'm still teaching people how to find chiropractors that assess nervous system function. And if you find one, please tell them about the directory so that more people can come and find them. Yeah. Some of the biggest things to look for is their website. So like on their website, they typically will talk about the nervous system. Yeah, that's a huge green light. (laughs) Yes. like, And that's what I even see in the applications. Like the applications from chiropractors that are clearly assessing nervous system function, it's like they know all the answers. Yeah. The the chiropractors that are not, that are kind of like musculoskeletal, but trying it's like there's a lot of gray. They're having to do like a lot of words. It's not very clear. And it's like, if you know what you're doing with the nervous system, you're clearly communicating it. So you'll usually see a primary focus of nervous system communication on their website. You can always call and just be like, hey, do you guys assess the nervous system? And if they are kind of like, (laughs) I mean, we adjust like, It'll be very clear because if you were to call my office and say, do you assess the nervous system? My front desk is absolutely without a doubt. All the ways that we like, here's how we do it and have yes. what they're talking about. It's not a question. They don't need to go ask me or the other doctor exactly. to make sure like we are trained on like, first of all, it's all over our website. Yes. Usually these offices tend to be, have a big focus on wellness and not a lot of focus on pain. Yes. So if you see like those pictures where it's like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that is Every, everybody knows exactly what you're talking about with like it's like like colored in red. Yes, it's like sparks shooting out of it, the red and it's like neck and back. Like that typically is a picture of like an older model of chiropractic that 
the American Medical Association said chiropractors are great with neck pain, headaches, and right. back pain. Yeah. And that's not our model. That's not how chiropractic was founded. I'm not going to limit my practice to what the medical association thinks I'm capable of doing. Yeah, I'm not going to co-parent with the government. I'm not going to co-run my business with the government either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to move out of chiropractic a little bit, even though it touches everything that we talk about. But in life, like in lifestyle, you live a very holistic life. But I feel like because I'm maybe because I'm your friend and also because I follow you on social media, you do a really good job of not heaping like shame or judgment or standards on people. You know, it's this is what I'm doing. And I think some of it is because you also tell people why, you know, there's a lot of people online that are just telling you what they're doing and you need to be doing this. And there's very little education attached to that. And I think the education portion makes it all make sense. But when you talk to people who are entering this space that may be intimidated by it or just feel like they can't take on everything at once. Like, what are your methods for meeting people where they are and kind of allowing what they're doing to be enough? Yeah. I just think that everything that you integrate into your life should be from a place of peace. Amen. And like, if it's not, then like, it's probably not for you. Yeah. If it's causing you stress, I did this big post. This was like two years ago now where I was like, I'm taking a break. I remember this. From the whole thing, because my stress and my anxiety are so high that I'm dropping balls, that I'm not filling in all the gaps. I'm not trusting God anymore. Like I am trusting holistic culture and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that I like started eating McDonald's and like the wheels fell off, but I just like took a break from the supplements. I took a break from all of the things. But what's so funny is that over the last two years, so many of this, those things have made their way back into my life. Yeah. Don't stress me out. Right. And I really, I keep coming back because I think it was like learning why I was supposed to or why I should do these things and then seeing the impact. Then it just becomes a habit and it becomes a part of your routine and your lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, like, first of all, that is like, my marketing structure on social media, like a brand will reach out to me and be like, we want you to share about this. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not just going to create a post and be like, here's all the good things about this toothpaste I use because right, who freaking cares to read that? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't care to know why you use a certain toothpaste. But if I say, here's how I will approach it. And this is what I did with Olivia, you know, like my favorite. I was like, listen, I would love to create a post about why we don't need soap. Yeah. I've been thinking about it for a long time. I haven't seen anyone talk about it. Like why you don't need soap on your bodies. I really want to make a post on this. And I'm like, and I think that it would be good for your business. And she's like, why? It's all about why you don't need me. And I'm like, no, it's actually why we don't need this. But that's going to freak a lot of people out. Right. So I think planning on a question that I'll probably get, which is like, okay, I'm not ready to like just use water. Right. So like, what could I use? Because I've been conditioned that I need to wash my body. So I'm like, well, then you could use this. Like this won't disrupt your, here's all the teaching I gave you, how soap disrupts the microbiome, how it was created to remove dirt from like a really dirty day. You don't need to be showering every day. It was marketing companies that told you you needed to be using soap every day. And in fact, they were like really misogynistic in their communication of like, be ready for your husband when he gets home. It's right. like, if you go and look at the ads, which I did a full presentation on, 
last year. It is so gross. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that. It was against everything I believe in, actually. I know. It's like it was literally marketing companies that told you you needed to use soap. So that is my marketing structure of like, I will always educate first. And I know in this world, people are like, but then you're talking about a product. And I'm like, only because I'm going to get a hundred questions about, okay, you just told me what I need to look for in a pillow. So like, what pillow should I get? That's literally the internet. Yes. Like, it's not weird because we would do that in normal conversation. If you and I were sitting here talking and you're telling me not to use soap, I'm going, okay, Courtney, what soap can I use? Yeah. I'm not there yet. What soap can I use? Exactly. You just do that online. I know. Yeah. So that I feel like that is basically like how I structure everything. But I feel like because there's been a lot of people that have been just like, do this and do that. And you'll be better. Yeah. But maybe it gets perceived the wrong way. But I don't ever want anyone doing anything just because I do it. Like, I don't even like sharing what supplements I take online because I don't want anyone taking what I'm taking just because they think like I'm healthier. Like, I am such a firm believer in bio-individual health that I'm even a little pissed off with functional medicine right now because they're molding the same as far as the current, you know, conventional medical system. It's just like, it used to be a pill for an ill and now it's a supplement for a symptom. And I'm like sick of protocols. So yeah, I just, sometimes I just won't even share those things because I just want everyone to understand their body and to know that less really is more and that it should all be from a place of peace. And our true healer is Jesus. Yeah. Well, and going back to talking about, you know, the supplement for a symptom, it's because there's money to be made. The healthcare system didn't always look the way that it does. There was a time, even my dad, my dad's been in healthcare for 40 years. What it looked like 40 years ago and what it looks like today, he would tell you, maybe not great even 40 years ago, but completely different. There was money to be made. Yeah. And there's money to be made on these supplements and on these protocols. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I do think a lot of it comes back to when we're being told by influencers that this is going to fix everything. When it's like, you don't know me. That's like, I'm sure you get this as well. People want skincare advice. I'm like, boo, I can't even imagine how different our skin is. I can tell you my, like what my favorite. I usually am like, this is my favorite company. Go find what you need. They've got everything. You know what I mean? But like, you, I can't give you a protocol. I have combination skin and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, it's all so individualized. But the internet has tried to like put it all in like a nice little column and say, this is, this is the fix. The one thing that like grinds my gears and that also makes me giggle at the same time is anytime I share anything about clothes, which I am not a fashion influencer by any means. I mean, I don't know. We're both wearing our cute little airy sweatshirts, but all right. (laughs) I do get asked like, what's that sweatshirt or what's that? Or like different things in my home. And when people are like, what size are your jeans? That just drives me nuts because I'm like, what size do you think I am? Right. What do I look like on this little tiny square? Like, what size do I look like standing next to you? (laughs) Which is hilarious because when we took a picture together, people were like, you're way shorter than I thought you were. And Courtney's so much taller than I thought she was. So like people think I'm like 5'7". I'm barely 5'2". I have hips that were literally created to birth babies. Everything is going to fit us different. And it's just yeah. such a good reminder about social media that like it's a highlight reel, even from the most authentic and honest of us. You're yeah. still only seeing what we choose to show you. And we're not going to show you everything because 
that's inappropriate. Yeah. I don't want to be a Kardashian. I don't want everything about my life out there on the internet, which is the perfect segue into talking about social media, which is something that I wanted to talk about with you because you took how many, three months off? Two. Two. I mean, off, off, like you off, off on your phone at all. Deleted it from my phone. Yeah. Was it amazing? It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I wish there was a way. Uh, there's nuance. Like, I'm right. so I'm so grateful. Like, I didn't start sharing to be like, oh, my gosh, I hope like 100,000 people follow me. You know, like, right. I'm really grateful for like the space that I have and the people that are there. But also what I what I hated about myself is that checking that app felt like a reflex. Absolutely. Every time I open my phone, boom. And then I'd be like, oh, I already cleared out all my notifications. Close it. Boom. Open it right back up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's gross. Yeah. When you you get your screen time report and you're like, oh, no, (laughs) that was my whole day was on an app of some kind. You know, five years ago, I was like very crystal clear on what my voice was in this place because like I wasn't seeing other people share about not using soap. I was like the first post about that. I didn't see anyone else talk about barefoot shoes and foot function. Yeah. So it's like it all came truly from like what I believed about the body Right. And sometimes it was spurred on by conversations I had in my office or things I was learning in chiropractic school or like at that point I had graduated. I've been out for five years, but like it all came so authentically from me. Yep. And then maybe I would like go digging and research and find some research to like, I always research things for and against what I'm talking about just to have a really balanced view. But like I did a bunch of research and then now I'm just like, what am I even supposed to talk about? Like, everyone's talking about no soap now. So that's not like this thing of yeah. me. Like, and I'm really grateful that I've been able to share that and people have learned from that and have taken it and want to yeah. share it even more. Like, I don't have any animosity about that. Oh, yeah. I don't feel protective over that information. There's nothing new under the sun. Like, what do I have to offer? What else do I have? Yeah. Well, okay. But I will tell you as someone who has learned from you for years, yeah, everybody might be talking about it, but nobody's talking about it the way that you do. Nobody educates the way that you do. Nobody breaks things down the way that you do. You may think they do, but they don't. And the people that love you and want to learn from you want to learn from you. Like, I, I don't okay. I don't follow a lot of people. Like, I mean, I follow more people than you do now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't I follow. <laughs> you did a follower purge, which or following purge, which I love. I do that all the time. I mean, it's like if you look at the two numbers on my account, there is a disparity. 90% of who I follow is like real life people. Outside of that, I follow the people that I want to learn from because their voice resonates with my voice. They educate resonates with the way that I learn. I don't follow a lot of people in the functional functional medical like culture because they stress me out. Yeah. Because they educate in a way that makes it feel like it's all or nothing and I'm failing. So I miss your voice and a lot of those things. And not that you haven't, like, you're still there 100%. But because five years ago, when I started talking about mental health, there weren't really a lot of Christian women talking about mental health in, like, the nitty-gritty, I don't want to be here some days way. Right. I'm Again, I resonate with so much of what you said that there's, we're having so many more honest 
conversations about mental health and postpartum and medication and all of those kinds of things. And I think that allows us to maybe take like a little step back and not feel like we have, we're like on some kind of battleground. And if we're not telling people, then they don't know. It's kind of nice to like let some people fill that space. But I still know that nobody else's story, there are people that my story is what they need. Yeah. I, my experience and what God's showing me is what they need. So just a, just a thought of like, yes, there's other people doing it and that's great, but nobody does it the way that you do it. Well, thank you. I do really appreciate that encouragement. And I'm not trying to be like, you got to be back on social media. No. That is not the vibe at all. No, I think it's just, I was used to the spearheading the conversations or like being the thought leader. And I like to draw inspiration from myself. So I did have to quiet the noise because I was like, even on a very simple thing, I don't want to post about this sale that's happening because I saw my sweet friend post about this sale. And like, as influencers, we do get caught up in that of like, oh, shoot, I could be making money on this. They posted first. I need to post too. Yeah. I was like, I want to post about a sale because I have a relationship with that brand. They have emailed me. They have told me their sale information. And I'm going to post about it because I know them. I love them. And I want to share about it. Not because like, because of that other example. A hundred percent. I don't follow very many like political commentators because I want to report on the headlines that I see and that strike me as impactful and important and that people need to know about this. Yeah. If I go in there, it's first of all, it's all day. Talk about reflexes. Never put it down. You get the, the alerts to your phone. You're immediately like finding footage, finding blurbs, putting it on your stories. I mean, I've gotten stuck in that hamster wheel. And when I unfollowed most of the political commentators that I was following, I was like, okay, people were real pissed with the way I covered Israel. But I was like, this is eons of time and history and interaction that you're asking me to understand and explain to you like no I'm not jack in the box I'm not gonna just like jump out because you want me to and there were moments where I like you know you kind of like move your blinders a little bit and everybody was talking about it and I was like okay no I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay in my lane I I'm gonna because then the danger is you're watching what other people are saying and you're just reiterating what they're saying because it seems like the right thing right And that's where I was like, I have to just quiet all of this noise, even though like I messaged, you know, some of my friends that I unfollowed and was just like, I need you to know that I'm unfollowing you. And it's not because I don't love you. It's because I just need to like, yeah, really have some boundaries on like what I'm allowing myself to see. And as I get back to a place where I have more clear thinking, then I think I can open that back up and refollow some people. Yeah. But it's just like my feed just every day being inundated with my own zone. Yeah, exactly. Really harming my ability to think creatively and critically about what I wanted to talk about because there is this pressure of like, well, so-and-so is talking about it. I should give my perspective on that. Like you're saying. Yep. And I don't want, that's not what fuels me to talk about things. No, because then my communication and my content, like I've done that. I've done the, this happens. Somebody's posting about it. Oh, like I got to jump in on this. And then it feels inauthentic. Like it doesn't feel like it's as good of content as it could be because I'm doing it from a place of I should do this instead of I'm walking in my natural gifting and my calling and and speaking about what I feel like the Holy Spirit and I have interacted about and decided to talk about. 
two totally different experiences. I think that's exactly what what was getting cut out is that it was like I was posting about things, you know, a few years ago that were all driven from an like this prompting from the Holy Spirit. It wasn't like I was sitting in class and was like, oh, taking notes. Oh, I'm going to make sure I share these notes on foot function right. with like my audience. It was like I was going through this process of like how are feet supposed to be shaped? Like, what is this shoe doing to my foot and evaluating my own footwear and just like sitting with myself and Holy Spirit and having words and thoughts come to me to the point where it's like, I'd be laying in bed at night and be like, oh crap, here it comes. Yes. And then just like type yes. out this whole freaking post and then be like, okay, that's the post on foot function. And then would post it later. Like that step was missing and everything felt so pressure. Yeah because of what everyone else was doing. And I had, I had to cut that all out. And I think in some places it could look like I'm not supporting others. I had, I did get some messages from people saying like, isn't it hypocritical of you to like still be posting, but then like not follow others. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't even see how that would be hypocritical. You're not saying I'm unfollowing you, but you have to keep following me and I'm going to keep telling you stuff. I don't get that. Yeah. So you took the two months off and now you've kind of changed your approach with it. Do you feel differently about it now? Are you finding yourself like enjoying social media again a little bit? Yeah, I do find myself to be enjoying it more. What's interesting is I actually enjoy the like search page more so than what is on my like following. Yeah. Which I had kind of found myself doing before I took the break. Like I got more inspiration from like the random stuff I would see instead of like everyone that I was following. So I took the two months off. And then when I came back, I was like, I don't think I can just come back. Like, I think something has to be different. And so I had to just, I probably was following like 900 people or so, which is unusual. Like normally I don't follow more than like, I don't know, between like two and 500 people. Same, yeah. But I was like, so it had kind of like crept in. And I was like, I think I just need to go all the way down to like nothing. Yeah. And then just kind of like let it, regrow as I like am seeing stuff that I am inspired by and enjoy. And so yeah, I mean I cut it probably all the way down to like 20 and I'm at like 23 right now. <laughs> yeah. But it's you feel like okay, I could maybe do this again. Which how much of life would benefit from that if we could take a break and then come back and not come back and go, okay, everything's gonna be just like it was before, but better. No, usually change required in the situation, whether that's a relationship or an environment, whatever it is, if something was hard and you take a break from it, I feel like the idea that like coming back and everything will be fine implies that you were the problem. And like sometimes I'm actually not the whole problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I had just kind of created a beast in a good way. Like financially, it really does support my family. Yeah. and. I'm very, very grateful for that. But like I had built a team and it, listen, my team was there for me when I needed it. Like I had kind of stepped away from a lot of content creation a few months, like months prior to that. I had like an award-winning medical copywriter on my team that would do research that would take me weeks to do within like 12 hours. Yeah. So I had and like I still grieve a lot of those team members because in order for me to take the two month sabbatical, I had to let them all go. 
because I was like, I don't know that I'm going to want to come back with this same type of like system in place that we've had for content creation. I also was feeling frustrated that like I had this team that was supporting me. So I was able to just like not have to do a whole lot of that stuff because I, you know, am a business owner in person and a mom and stuff too. But like that we would work really hard and I'm paying people to create content that really was authentic. Like not a single thing went out that wasn't like either my idea generation from the beginning Mm -hmm. or like I didn't scour it and change everything about it before it went out. It was like I was just being presented with like bare bones because that's what I was needing to help my creative juices flow. Yeah. And so I would see a research article. I would post it to my team and be like, can we take this and run with it? And then my medical copywriter would be like, yeah. And then I would go through and be like, (laughs) and then I would, I would post it. But then it's like engagement just really started sucking, which I really kept reminding myself it's the algorithm. Like, and I try not to blame the algorithm for everything. Sometimes you do just have really crappy content. Oh yeah. But I was like, this just is the algorithm. Like I can't promise that things are going to post really well. Brands would like pay me and I would stay true to my educate first. Your product can be the solution. But like things just stopped performing well. And I was like, I'm spending so much money on having this team. Yeah, I know that I've been missing from this place because I just needed to be like in my little like hidey hole. But I think I'm just going to cut everyone that I'm following as well as my whole virtual team. And I'm just going to run it as me. And the result of that might be that a lot of brands are really mad at me because I'm not able to meet their deliverables, get things done at the time that they want, which could be less revenue for me. Mm -hmm. But I think it brings me back to the purpose of how I created that place. Yeah. And I feel happy about that. Because I agree with you. Like, I definitely think the algorithm and Instagram, it penalizes a lot of the kinds of things that you would talk about in general, because you're not offering people a pill. You're not benefiting big pharma, which is in bed with big tech, which is in bed with big government. Like, yes, 100%. But I also think people want you. Yeah. I would listen to you, like, tell me the ABCs. I would watch, you, <laughs> like, you know, make a soup. You know what I mean? Like, people want you. And I'm telling you this as someone who puts an incredible amount of pressure on myself as well in the political realm to educate and stay relevant and like push, push, push. I've learned over the last like year or so, which has been a journey in like learning to like myself and therefore believe that people could actually like me. Mm -hmm. It's okay if sometimes it's just me like living life and being a human being. We're living in an online world and that doesn't mean that we have to be online all the time and our whole, whole world should be online. But I think people are just looking for some connection there as well. Yeah. You should just show up as Courtney. Like, that's why people love you. And the education and what they can learn and hearing about what you love, like, that's a bonus, honestly. Yeah. that's. I think that's what I, like, started the page as. And then I definitely made a decision. Like, it was around when I hit 70,000 followers that I was like, I have so many emails of people even offering me like free organic mattresses. And I like, I can't even respond to this email. So I like started growing and building a team then. And I was like, I think I'm going to operate this more like a business because I think there's a lot of revenue potential. And I was right. There is a lot of revenue potential. 
But I, I think also at that time in my life, like my marriage was getting really bad. And I was like, I can't show what's happening when here. you're drowning. And that's like taking up so much of your mental space. I'm not judging that you like, I know, like backed off. <laughs> I still like loved listening and learning. And it was so clearly you. I'm more saying like, I think you can take some of that pressure off of yourself. And if this is yeah. of just showing up as yourself, and if the deep dives aren't scholastic level, but they're just like, hey, like, this is what I'm learning, point you in the direction. I think people would love that from you. I'm just telling you that yeah. as your friend. <laughs> well, thank you. I do appreciate that. You know, I would post about things like I'd be reading a book and I'd be like, wow, this I'm learning about this. And I would then write a whole deep dive posts on like what I'm learning from like, you know, what I'm reading, but it's just like the way that my life evolved. Yeah. I had to evolve that side of it because it was like, I mean, I'm very open about this now and, and, you know, but we were walking through like alcohol addiction with my husband. And then he was also being like verbally abusive towards me. And so, and our daughter. And so he's now like a year sober and is in recovery for his abuse. And it's been completely miraculous really the work that he's doing and it has not been without Jesus but like there were just I just couldn't show up and say here's what I'm cooking for dinner because it's like what was the reality of my world for two straight years this was going on like my reality is not stuff that you show up with social media with exactly you have to just be in your world well and you could have is the thing yeah you could have We have watched so many influencers show up and pretend like everything is fine and slap a smile on it and make dinner with their family. And they're on the brink of divorce. And then they do get divorced and they announce that publicly and everybody's going, what the hell? Where is this coming from? So I think like you've very much done what you needed to do and honored where you were and what season you were in. And if anybody tries to tell you otherwise, it's like, okay, thanks. I didn't ask. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Everyone's been super respectful. The only like comments that bothered me is, you know, I, I shared, I didn't ever share this story on my stories or like on a post or anything like that, because that felt like that felt a little too vulnerable mm-hmm. to me, which I tend to have vulnerability hangovers. Like I tend right. to be too vulnerable, but I did share it with my newsletter, which did feel like a smaller, more intimate, more invested community. And so I shared just like, and still not like graphic detail, but just like, Hey, like literally what I just said, like, this is what we've been walking through, but this is where we're at now. And like, this is why I like took a step away is I just wanted to like complete, I needed a lot more clarity what life looked like. And I'm so grateful because during that time was when the two months off is when my husband made amends to me. It's when he repented of all of that sin And it wasn't anything that like, it's not like he took a break from social media. It was like, I took a break from social media and like gave myself the space to like, yeah, I I don't know. But I got one comment of like, I just, I don't even know your husband. And I feel like I shouldn't know this about him. Like it's too intimate of detail. And I'm like, you're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. You're part of the problem. Why women experience abuse and addiction in their home and are quiet Yep, and don't seek help. And I was quiet for a long time. And the reason my husband navigated change is because I started speaking because every change he made, you know, I wish it was from a place of like, 
I hate how I'm treating you. I want to be better. But if you look at the realities of why people do the things that they do when they're in manipulation and abusive and addictive situations, it's like they make changes because of fear of losing their family. That's the number one driver. Yep. So we had to go through the brinks of like, I had a divorce attorney for a whole year. Yep. And like, you know, like we had to go through that for him to be like, I'm going to go to rehab. And then we had to go through like, I was like, hey, if you don't get into therapy by the end of April with this therapist that specializes in abusive and entitled men, then like, I'm going to file for divorce. Like every little thing was like a boundary I was having to put into place, Yeah, which sucked for me to have to like kind of control the relationship in that way. But I'm so grateful for the end result that we have. I mean, you clearly navigated sharing that in the most respectful and honoring way that you could. And there's that quote that's like, you could be the juiciest, ripest peach. And there's still somebody that hates peaches. Like when I coach people with social media and with being on the internet, and this applies to real life as well. Everything that you do is going to piss somebody off. Mm -hmm. You having the best day of your life, that's going to trigger somebody. You sharing the the name of Christ and and the miracles that he's done, that's going to piss people off. So all you can do is walk the path that the Holy Spirit puts in front of you and glorify God and love others. Yeah. That one comment, which it's always, there's like one or two and they feel a hundred times louder than the hundred that you got that were in support and rallying around you. But I had to get to a place where I was like, anything I could do, I could get on here and tell you my favorite color and it's going to make somebody mad. Yeah. I can't live like that. I can't live worrying that a stranger on the internet disapproves of how I have done something. Talk about not created to live a certain way. We were not as humans created to have this much input about ourselves. Right. Right. One thing that we talked about a good bit when we got to hang out was like, people really don't like you. <laughs> like, yeah, space, like you're business gets reported, you get reported to boards. What? And we didn't go super into it. Is it that they're mad that you're taking a holistic approach, like that you're not Western medicine-y enough? Yeah, that's a part of it. Like, there's lots of Reddit threads about me. Like, if anyone's curious to go read, I don't personally... The trash can of the internet. Oh, yeah. That is like the grossest, darkest place on the internet. I mean, there's actually a lot grosser ones, but people are so mean. It's really terrible. I read like the first Reddit thread. And the thing is, is my followers find it. So I don't, I'm not on Reddit. I don't know about it. They send me a link. They're like, Hey, I thought you'd want to see this. Yep. And I'm like, Oh, it's vile. It is horrible. So yeah, there's lots of Reddit threads on me. I don't read them anymore. But that was the common thread of just how dangerous I am. The information I share is life-threatening. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm very dangerous, apparently. Yeah, I went through... I don't know if I've ever talked about this like publicly in explicit terms, but I had a dark year. 2021 was a dark year because I discovered that I had presence on Reddit. And I got like addicted to reading about it. Yeah, it's hard. I wasn't, I mean, it was obviously therapy that helped me get out of it. But my therapist was like, this is mental self-harm. This is the equivalent of trigger warning, pulling out a razor and going after your arms. Yeah. But with your brain. Yeah. When she said that, I was like, 
Ooh, I've spent a lot of time hurting myself with the things that people who aren't in the arena, they're not doing the hard things. They're spectators in, you know, the race of life. And I have allowed them to tell me about myself. Mm. I know. It was bad. I look back and I'm like, how did I not have a little more (laughs) self-control? Like, pull myself out of that. But when we talked about it, I was like, oh, it's not just like, I think you can convince yourself that you're the only one that that's even happening to when you know that it's not, you know, that there's threads about everybody everywhere. Have you ever seen like there are influencers that have like daily threads where like somebody starts a thread and then all these people just spend their whole day talking about everything they did that day. And I'm like, I'm the dangerous one. Yeah. Are you sure? Because that yeah. seems like some dangerous behavior, to be honest. Yeah, it's weird. It's crazy. It do Christians ever get upset with you about any of the stuff you do? I'm a little confused. Like a lot of the threads are like, I don't think Dr. Courtney should be on here. Because <laughs> I was thinking that was going to go the other direction, that it was going to be like, I feel like I could see how Christians could feel like you were like new agey or. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I don't understand that website whatsoever. So like, I don't, yeah, don't, I don't know, but. I know that is like the channel that I have had multiple threads on. All right. I do get a lot of like comments or DMs from people who will push back on some of those things. And even with my profession of like, yeah, well, wasn't chiropractic care started by a magnetic healer and that is new age. So like, how could you? Because nothing is not God isn't capable of redeeming anything anymore. Yeah. If it has any roots in anything that's potentially questionable, we're out. Yeah. I can't live that way. I can't either. Do you want to know what the roots of like your Apple phone are that you're using to judge me? Well, also that's the whole like the like congruency is one of my core values. And I try to remind myself it's not everyone's core value. Right. But I can't help it. Look at things, you know, when people are like, okay, let's go with like a health example. There's lead in every single thing that you own, but you got amalgam fillings in your mouth. And I'm like, incongruent. Like, I don't know about that. Exactly. It's like, if you're going to get on to me about like my profession or like, I don't know, the way that I view the body, but then like you're celebrating Christmas, like you're not going to look at the roots of Christmas or Halloween, like, you know, like, and I know everyone has a different line. But what it really comes down to is it's, it's a spec log problem yeah honestly it's not that we're like above reproach it's not that i don't want your feedback it's that worry about yourself but also like i'm putting my logs out there right. for you to look at and i don't have access to yours to mm-hmm. be able to say like okay like i understand where you're coming from like can i question this about you can we have a respectful dialogue yeah. it's only coming after me and you, because you signed up for it because you're an influencer. Yeah. Well, you, sh- yeah, you signed up for this. Right. You should expect this. Right. And it's like, no, I, I expect respect. I expect to be treated like a human generally yeah. is kind of the, the bar is on the floor. We could just, yeah. I would say like most of the people that like have really come after me 
are like, I've had some nasty run-ins with medical doctors that I've never even responded to, but they've just screenshotted and blasted and gotten all their little medical doctor friends to screenshot and blast. And I've like, I like watched their stories from like a friend's account and I still like have never interacted. And that just blows my mind because I would never, I see a lot of things that I disagree with. But I would never, if I disagreed to the point that it really bothered me and it felt unsafe, I might send a DM, Mm -hmm. just be like, hey, I would love to have a conversation with you about this. But like, I would never be a keyboard warrior and say, you're wrong. This is dangerous. That never results in the type of change you're hoping to happen. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I have my one person in my freaking crosshairs that I will call her crap out every single time because she is the largest independent public commentator and she lies and it makes me insane and I did DM her and she blocked me and so I was like okay boo I'll take it to the streets then so (laughs) (laughs) but I actually agree with you like she is literally this exception to this principle rule that I've had since I got on the internet of like what does it do you did try to have a conversation. And I yeah. think that's oh, yeah. the part that blew my mind is there was no message in my DMs. No. It was just like, I'm getting tagged. I'm getting tagged. I'm getting tagged. And I'm getting ripped to shreds all because this particular situation was because I don't recommend prenatal vitamins. And that makes me so dangerous. Of all the things that we could be mad about, the fact that I won't take a vitamin that was made like in a factory when I can get all of those things from real food, that, that's what makes us dangerous. Yeah. See, it's funny that you said that about being on Reddit. They come for me the hardest, probably, mm. because I do tend to lean more into like grace-based theology. Same exact thing. I mean, there are a few of them. It's died down a lot, I think, because I've just completely stopped giving it any energy because I'm a yeah. fighter, that Enneagram 8 in me. You know, I'm like, oh, you want to pick a fight? I'll end it, you know? Which I've stopped doing, but when they were at their peak, so many of them were people that I had like, we had at one time followed one another on Instagram, had conversations, and then something I said pissed them off. They blocked me and then started talking shit. And I was like, find this in the Bible. Yes. I mean, there were, I actually reached out to a few of them to be like, hey, just checking in. If you have a problem with me, Here's Matthew 18. We got like Jesus gave us this crazy, clear step by step thing for when a brother or sister is like caught in what you have decided is sin. And you skip to like, we're not, you're not even on the page. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. It's just this, the internet is the wild, wild west. That's a lot of them too. And like a lot of actually the negativity I've had for my business on like Google reviews or like Yelp reviews has been from someone that I'm actively DMing back and forth with. But I would say it's not a synergistic relationship. It's one-sided. I'm giving, giving, giving. And then they don't like like how I've chosen to give the information, which I do get that a lot because I am so bio-individual. I'm yeah. not going to give you a step-by-step how to heal your thyroid because right. it's not that easy. No. And you're functioning within this medical model of pill for an ill. And I, re- I refuse that model. So I try to just very lovingly and gracefully guide people in the sense that like, I'm not going to 
do that, but here's resources where you can look for more information yourself. (laughs) They didn't like that. No one likes to be told they need to take responsibility for themselves or their health. So they didn't like that and then told me that they didn't like it. And then I was able to respond and be like, I understand that you don't like it, but like, I'm still not going to back up. And then they blocked me and then they go to my business and they write a nasty review and then they post that on Reddit and then Reddit comes and writes a bunch of nasty reviews. And the funny thing is I leave them all, by the way, I don't, I don't have like Yelp or Google reviews take my reviews down because I then had a bunch of my people come back and write really great reviews. So like I show up to work on a Monday and it's like, we've got 40 new Google reviews. And I'm like, I can't read them all. Like just just go through them. But majority of the negative ones, it's just funny because it's like telling us that this is a terrible establishment, right? Never actually been here. Yep. I have the same exact thing with my podcast. Like that cycle you just mentioned. I've had people leave podcast reviews and literally say, I've never listened to this podcast, but Blake is a raging, you know, racist bigot on Instagram. I'm like, oh, because you couldn't leave me a review on Instagram. You're going to go leave me a review somewhere that you've never interacted with that platform. Yeah, that's wild. It's wild. I would never go do that. I don't leave podcast reviews for podcasts that I love. I'm sorry. I don't either. (laughs) I don't think about doing it. So like, why would I do it for ones that I don't even actually have a reason to dislike? Yeah. What's next? What are you excited about? Yeah. What am I excited about? I am just trying to stay steady. I think like the past two years have felt like such a roller coaster. I have a lot of like trauma healing that I'm doing right now. I'm doing story work for my trauma healing, which has been so cool because like, I don't know, like two weeks ago I had a session and I like, you know, a story came to mind and I like shared the story of like some trauma that I went through and I cried through the whole thing. And then as my body kind of like settled, I burped, which I'm a quite belchy person in general, but I burped and she was like, wow, when trauma leaves the body, it will often go to the digestive system and come out through the form of a burp. And I like really, I like felt like this like story had like left my body. So wild, but really cool because it wasn't like she told me ahead of time, like you might burp. It was like, I just was like, (laughs) (laughs) and she was one who was like, this is cool. Yeah. I just feel excited to hopefully just settle back into my family. Like right now, I think what I feel overwhelmed with is just that I don't know what's next. Like, I didn't know that rebuilding was going to be capable for a long time. I mean, when we talked this summer, it didn't sound like it. That wasn't the direction you felt like you were heading. I'm so thankful for that, though. I'm so thankful for it. But I do feel overwhelmed of just like, I think we're going to start back with some marriage counseling. But to be honest, like marriage counseling and the church handle abuse not well. They're not equipped and informed in it. And so I've had some bad experiences. I'm not like burned by the church by any means. I'm getting away from religion and having an intimate relationship with Jesus. And part of that has been getting to know Holy Spirit. And I'm sad that I was taught to fear the Holy Spirit or that the Holy Spirit was would come out in really weird ways if I had a relationship with him. So yeah, I'm just like 
reading some books right now about like parenting and the power of the Holy Spirit and The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. And notes feel like at the forefront of my mind right now. And I feel like it's changing me in a a good way. But I also have grief because I'm like, I wish I would have been equipped with this when I, I was know. young and dealing with spiritual warfare many years ago. And yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm in a very similar moving away from religion and moving into relationship. And like, it's scary too. Yeah. I mean, this is what all you've known. And there's some part of you that believes that like the interwovenness of it is what you believe in. And I think you've had the same experience where like the you move away from the religion and you're like, oh my gosh, wait, this is so much better. Yeah. I can hear him so much clear, more clearly when I'm not distracted by all of that. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited for there's a lot of people on that journey. I don't know what it is about like, I don't know if it's three years after the pandemic. I don't know if it's those of us that are in like the political realm are like, oh, we got to armor up to go through 2024. I don't know what it is, but I posted about that in my stories last week and the response was insane. So many people that are like stripping away the religion and like wanting to have a, a better understanding of the supernatural. And I'm like, yeah. this gets me so hype because like I'm like women equipped in the supernatural, believing in like who they are in Christ. Let's freaking go. It's going to be so good. Yeah, it's really cool. So that's that's just kind of where I'm at right now. I'm also like working on becoming an IBCLC, which is a lactation consultant, but I don't plan on like doing house visits or any or like doing specific lactation appointments. It's more of just like I'm adjusting moms and babies all day in my office. And that often comes with like adjusting babies while they're breastfeeding, which is great for assessing cranial function and creating better breastfeeding relationships through releasing nervous system dysfunction. So I'm like, I would love to just be able to support that relationship a little more whole than what I currently am. And I don't like a lot of the IBCLTs in my area, the background they have and how they view the body. And that comes into lactation. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of forcing to bottle feed. And I'm the one that's like, do you want to bottle feed? And they're like, no. And I'm like, so we're not going to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It doesn't align with your goals. Like if it doesn't align with your goals, let's get people around you that do align with your goals. I understand there could be a time or a place where breastfeeding may not be an option, but like, let's exhaust some of these other things first. It may become an option, but look, let's look at all these other options first. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us and educating us and sharing your heart. And I love you and adore you. We're going to put all the resources that you mentioned in the show notes so people can access that so they can find you, follow you, even though you won't follow them back. (laughs) I won't. I'm sorry. (laughs) Why we love you. (laughs) But you can message me. I really do read all of the messages and respond back very thoughtfully and thoroughly. I try not to be like, thank you, swipe. That's how we like connected was in DMs first. Yeah. And then I got to meet you in real life and then we became phone friends and now everything's just the best. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. I do feel really honored to be able to share, you know, my background and then just like some of my heart and everything too. So thanks for like holding space for that. Thank you so much. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.